Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Matthew. Hey, everybody, this is Jen here with the P40 Ministries podcast. Faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in this morning to hang out with me and read the Bible and also share a cup of coffee with me. And I have my coffee right here and it's growing cold, so I probably have to go microwave it again (laughs) for like the sixth time already for this cup of coffee. But anyway, let's go ahead and read the Bible here. We're going to be talking about Matthew chapter 27, verses 32 through 38. We're going to be discussing more about Jesus's crucifixion. I will be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible this morning. As they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, and they compelled him to go with them, that he might carry his cross. When they came to a place called Golgotha, that is to say the place of the skull, they gave him sour wine to drink mixed with gall. When he tasted it, he would not drink. When they had crucified him, they divided his clothing among them, casting lots. And they sat and watched him there. They set up over his head the accusation against him written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then there were two robbers crucified with him, one on his right hand and one on the left. We talked on Tuesday that Jesus was in the praetorium or the courthouse, basically with the entire battalion of Roman soldiers that were in there with him. Jesus was a very popular man, so they might have been afraid that uh, Jesus was going to be taken away by his disciples because Jesus did have a lot of disciples. It was not just the 12, but he did have a lot of disciples. And so they might have been scared of that, but they were in there just insulting Jesus and abusing him and just doing all sorts of ridiculous, crazy things that they absolutely did not need to do. And I was talking on Tuesday, I'm like, how much time did these guys have? Because they were really doing their best to insult Jesus and to persecute him, a dying man for hours, possibly, at a time. I I just wonder, did they have nothing better to do? After they're done mocking him and treating him terribly, it says that they come out of the praetorium and they are forcing Jesus to carry his cross. So this wouldn't have been the entire cross as some people depict, but this was only the beam across. And so the beam across would have been extremely heavy. I mean, think of a, think of how heavy a log is. And Jesus would have been carrying probably a 70 to 150 pound log across the city. And this was meant to humiliate the people that were being crucified. The Romans were excellent at slow torture. They practically perfected slow torture. They were so good at keeping people just on the edge of living and just torturing them for hours and even days at a time until these people died. Crucifixion was one of the worst kinds of torture that there possibly was. There was actually an old Roman guy, I can't remember his name, that wrote something that said that crucifixion wasn't even meant for Romans. Romans were not actually allowed to be uh, crucified. 
unless specifically ordered by the Caesar. Otherwise, Romans were not allowed to be crucified. The only people that should have been crucified, according to this Roman guy, were slaves, which the Romans considered to be subhuman. So Jesus is being crucified like a slave would be. And you remember that even Judas sold him as the price of a slave. 30 pieces of silver was the price of a slave. And so Jesus is being crucified as a suffering servant, as a suffering slave here. Jesus is carrying this cross and Jesus being a young man, he was 32 at the time, a normal day might not have had as much trouble carrying a cross, you know, that's 70 pounds across a couple miles. I mean, that would have been heavy for anybody after a while. But Jesus, you have to remember, he was bruised. He was beaten. He probably had uh, strips of back coming off of his back. And yet he's carrying this cross. So he was unable to do it. And so it says here that they pull somebody out of the crowd that's watching. And this man that they pull out of the crowd crowd is named Simon of Cyrene. So this man, Simon, was probably a Jewish man that lived in the area of Cyrene. And Cyrene was in North Africa, and it was several hundred miles away from Jerusalem. And you remember that this was Passover week. So this man, uh, Simon, probably traveled from his hometown into Jerusalem to basically uh, worship God during Passover because Jerusalem was the area where the, the men would gather to worship God. So Passover week, you just have to remember how crowded this city was. It was probably the most crowded it would ever be was during Passover week. And Jesus was being humiliated in front of crowds and tons and tons of people from all over the ancient world at this point probably north, south, east, west, wherever. Well, maybe not west, but (laughs) either way, Jesus was being humiliated by so many people. And he was being humiliated in front of so many people. So Jesus is going down the street, carrying this cross, and the Roman soldiers force this man from Cyrene to carry Jesus's cross. And we don't know why they chose this man, maybe because he was a very obvious foreigner and maybe there was some racism involved or who knows what it was. I actually couldn't find any evidence that Romans were incredibly racist or anything like that, but maybe there was some racism involved and they possibly pulled this very obvious foreigner from among the crowd who was probably in the town trying to celebrate Passover and probably wanted nothing to do with whatever was happening here. I mean, he probably did not want to carry this cross. I can imagine he was like, and he was forced to do so. So he's carrying Jesus's cross. And the interesting thing is that this man, Simon, was the father of this man named Rufus. And Rufus is mentioned possibly later on in the book of Romans, where Paul says uh, that Rufus is basically uh, a Christian. And we don't know if it's the same Rufus that could have been a, a more popular name back then. But either way, there is some very, very small evidence that people like to say that uh, this man, Simon, was the father of Rufus who started some churches or something like that. But we don't know that. But that was just something I thought was interesting that I wanted to mention. But basically, this man, Simon, is carrying Jesus's cross. And this is kind of where Matthew ends it is just they pulled Simon out of the crowd. 
and they that he had to carry this 70 pound cross with Jesus to this place called Golgotha. Because you remember, Jesus was beaten and bruised and who knows what else. There was no way Jesus could have carried this cross in that kind of condition all the way across. Who knows how far it took to get from the courthouse all the way to this place called Golgotha. Because this place, Golgotha, was on the on the outskirts of the city a little bit. It was probably still close to the city and a well-traveled path so that people could see the people getting crucified. And you have to remember this was excruciating. This was a terrible, terrible torture, humiliating torture for the people who were getting crucified. And actually the word excruciating, I don't know if you guys know this, it comes from being crucified. It's actually the root word actually comes from crucifixion, excruciating crucifixion. So that's that's where we get our English word. Excruciating is from crucifixion. So uh, I, I found that kind of interesting, which is funny because I, I used that word a couple times already and I didn't even know that it comes from crucifixion. So yes, crucifixion was excruciating. And it says here, Matthew, you remember that Matthew does not give a whole lot of details in general. He's not one for details for sure. So it just says here that they crucified him because back then people would have known what this meant. This was a torture that nobody would have wanted. This was a torture no one would have wanted. This was a terrible, terrible way to die. I was actually reading up on a little bit of crucifixion and some more of what would happen. And it was just, it was terrible. These people were crucified to the cross. They were, they were hung by nails and birds would land on them. They were naked. Bugs would get into their eyes and up their nose and burrow into their skin. Because of the nerve that was hit in the wrist with the, um, with the nail, they'd be unable to move their hands and their hands would be clenched because of the nerve that was hit. Uh, you know, muscle spasms would happen that would create just horrific pain, just like coursing through the body. And on top of that, you'd be suffocating. And the only way to bring yourself up out of that suffocation was to push down on your feet, which were probably nailed together, and slide your uh, scourged back up the pole up the cross in order to get a deep breath. This would create all sorts of splinters and garbage going into the, the back of the skin. And that they did that on purpose. The scourging was meant to uh, increase the pain while you were on the cross as this was happening. The scourged back would get all sorts of filth and horrible stuff in it as you're sliding up and down this cross. I mean, imagine the pain that was going on here. And this would reopen wounds. It was just horrific. And so it says here that they nail Jesus to the cross and they give him sour wine to drink mixed with gall. And I had to look up what this was. I didn't know what it was. So it was basically vinegar mixed with a gall, which is basically a very alcoholic beverage, a disgusting, bitter alcoholic beverage. And this was given to the victims of crucifixion so that they could numb their minds a little bit. And it could have also possibly been a way to keep them alive a little bit longer. Who knows? Because alcohol does do some interesting things to your body. I don't know. I'm not going to go there. But basically, um, Jesus tastes this 
alcoholic beverage and he refuses to drink it. He, he takes a little taste, maybe he spits it out of his mouth and he refuses to drink it. Because you remember what he said when he was with his disciples, that he was not going to drink alcoholic beverages until he was celebrating with all the Christians in heaven. That is what he says. He was not going to drink any more alcoholic beverages. And so he's staying true to what he promised to his disciples right there by spitting out or not drinking this, this uh, alcoholic beverage that they try to give him. It says he would not drink it. So then they crucify him and they divide his clothes among them, casting lots. And the W.E.B. version actually doesn't mention this, but it has a footnote. And uh, some versions of the Bible actually add this verse. It says that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. And that's from Psalm twenty-two, eighteen. And you know, that's, that's a verse mentioning another part of prophecy that David gives, that they were going to cast lots for Jesus's clothing because maybe Jesus's clothing was really nice, but maybe they took the outer garments and cast lots for those, the ones that were not bloodied or torn or anything like that. So they're casting lots, which basically means they are um, doing a game in order to see who can have the clothes because the clothes were really nice. In fact, one of the other books of the Bible mentioned that Jesus's clothes were actually seamless. This would have been a miracle back then. I can't even think of that, like a a seamless piece of clothing that like boggles my mind a little bit, (laughs) especially as someone that dabbles in sewing a little bit. That definitely boggles my mind. Like, how do you get a seamless piece of clothing completely? I don't know, but Jesus had it. And maybe that was a miracle. I don't know. If you guys know how to sew better than me, please contact me and let me know how you get a seamless piece of clothing. (laughs) Because I really don't know. And there might be some trick to it. I I don't know. But either way, Jesus's clothes were seamless. And so the people, the soldiers wanted these clothes. And they are playing a game to see who gets the clothes. They're basically gambling for his clothes. So then after this, it says that they set up an accusation over his head. And it was written, this is Jesus, King of the Jews. And this was to humiliate, completely humiliate Jesus to say, look at what happens to your king. You know, this is king of the Jews. And uh, so then it says here that there were two robbers crucified with him, one on his right hand and one on his left. So this verse kind of assumes that they put Jesus in the middle to almost seem like he was the worst out of those three criminals. You know, he was put in the middle of those criminals. He was front and center. He was, everybody could see him as they were passing by. And plus he was naked. You know, he was hung there naked on the cross with that accusation over his head. But friends, we will talk more about this in the next coming days. So join me on Tuesday of next week to discuss more of Matthew chapter 27. Friends, I'm going to drop a link in the bio of this podcast episode of the Alive Coloring devotionals that I came out with in March of this year. And these were devotionals that I actually illustrated and wrote. And these are for adults and for children to do together. They are meant as a parent and child devotional set so that the parents can disciple their children and teach them in a very simplistic way about some of the things that Jesus endured on the cross. And it's written in such a way so that children can easily digest it. You know, some of these things are are very 
adult themed, especially with the uh, death of Jesus on the cross. And so I broke it down in a very simplistic way so that children can easily digest it and understand it. So if you're interested in those and uh, doing a fun activity with your kids, a coloring book and some of the great uh, devotionals that are in there, please take a look at those and they are available on Amazon. So I will drop a link to those in the bio of this podcast episode. But friends and faithful listeners, once again, thank you so much for tuning in this morning and I want you guys to have a fantastic rest of your week. Happy listening and God bless.